We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears officially introduced new general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus on Monday afternoon with the press conference. We were there to cover it all. We're going to cover it again here on this podcast. Before we get into that, though, I have to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron is, Aaron is kind of relieving um, to know that the Bears have their guys in charge, and now they can start preparation with scouting, beginning with the Senior Bowl this week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that the Bears are still one of very few teams to hire a head coach. I mean, there's nine openings right now, and I think, what, there's four there, – there's been four teams that have made hires because it's been, what, Ryan Dable, yep. Matt Eberflus, uh, Josh McDaniels, and who is the other one? I know I'm missing one in there. Um, you guys, Dable, Eberflus, McDaniels, and um, uh, Denver. Um, oh, Hackett. yeah, uh, Hackett, yeah. No. So, yeah, there's been – it's crazy. There's nine teams, man. There's nine teams – and, you know, the Bears, I mean, from start to finish, it took 17 days from start to finish in terms of, you know, when Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were fired to the point of having a press conference was 21 days. But, yeah, I, I think we're kind of seeing – and, again, I don't, think, I don't think they rushed the process. I definitely don't think they rushed the GM process. And I think, you know, and, and we'll get to all this too, but, it, you know, it definitely seemed like there was a little bit of a method to the Bears' madness. I'm, I'm still not overly crazy about their overall process in terms of how it all went uh, with the GM stuff and the, the interviews and how many head coaches they interviewed before they had a GM in place. But it definitely seems like um, they basically narrowed down their, you know, they, they basically were able to interview the head coaching candidates that they wanted to interview via Zoom. They got Ryan Poles in the building on Tuesday. Uh, you know, he had his list that he gave them on Friday, um, you, know, before, you know, in his first interview. And they were kind of rocking and rolling and ready to go. And I think we're kind of seeing it all pay off now with some of the different moves that they've made so far. I mean, it seems like Matt Eberflus is basically pulling almost his entire uh, defensive staff from Indianapolis. And then obviously, uh, you know, uh, Getsy as well as there is our, you know, offensive coordinator hire and Joe Brady's in the building today as we're recording us on Tuesday. And 
So we're kind of seeing, because the thing is, is, I mean, again, there's going to be nine teams looking for not only head coaches, but brand new coaching staffs as well, outside of whatever holdovers they have. So I think that this kind of gets to the important part of being able to fill out a coaching staff, get the best guys possible and move on from there. And like you pointed out, the senior bowls this week, the combine is not too far behind it. I mean, we're, you know, it's just, it's getting to that point, man. We, we know who's in the Super Bowl. Uh, they got Pro Bowl weekend this weekend, and you know who cares about that, I guess. But then you know, obviously Super Bowl, and then from there it's a combine and free agency starts. I mean, we're we've already kind of made it through that one month of the lull of the off season where there's not a whole lot going on, and obviously because the Bears had to hire a new GM and a new head coach and coaching staff and and assistant general manager with Ian Cunningham and all that stuff. I mean, th- there's been a lot of movement, and it's not even close to being over with. Yeah, and the, and the fun starts to begin, too, because now, you know, Maddie Rufloos and, and Ryan Poles got to get to work. This is a roster that has a bunch of open spots due to free agency. Um, they're a roster that has some weak spots that they have to address, especially, you know, at key positions. And now they got to get they got to get to work and it all begins the senior bowl here this week. And I'm going to be curious to see, you know, how everything goes down these next couple months, because this will be our first look at how a new regime is going to do things. And I think looking back at that press conference yesterday, one of the things that stood out to me the most was they detailed their plans, not only for this offense, but they detailed their plans for building this roster and Ryan Poles said it point blank. It starts the trenches. He's going to build on the offensive line. He's going to build on the defensive line and and the offensive line. Once you get that figured out, that leads to a run game. Once you get the run game figured out, it leads to more explosive plays for your quarterback and your offense on defense. You get that defensive line going. That's how you stop explosive plays. You get pressures, you stop the run Uh, opposing offenses. Can't do anything. So I think he's right on the head there with that statement. And I was very impressed with how he handled himself and, you know, revealed he wasn't, he didn't shy away. He didn't, you know, he could have answered that totally different, but he said, I mean, they're going to start in the trenches. They're going to build from there. He knows what they have. And now it's time for them to get to work. It is. It is. And, you know, it was definitely interesting, you know, and on, I know, you know, that's kind of thing. I know a lot of, uh, I guess radio people, man, I think that's really what it comes down to a lot from the same radio station seem to be having this overly negative spin on everything right now. And I get it. I get the bears have been for the better part of, you know, two plus decades have not been a well-run franchise. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I understand all that. I understand being skeptical of the hires. I understand whatever, but it's at the same time, it's like, you know, you go into this this press conference, Ryan Poles comes out and he talks, he introduces Matt Eberflus, Matt Eberflus talks, they take, you know, questions. Uh, you know, I thought for the most part, I, th- I thought everything was handled really well. Okay, cool. You know, Matt Eberflus had a bunch of coach speak. He's a coach. What do you expect? You know, and it's like this whole questioning whether or not his acronyms are going to be able to, you know, resonate with players. Has he not been a coach in the league for the last 20 plus years? I mean, you know, or coach in football and coach in the league for the last, you know, 10 plus years. I don't, I don't understand. It's like he led one of the better, more consistent defenses over the last four years. And we're going to question whether or not that players are going to follow him in the locker room because of his coach speaking his acronyms. And then, you know, it's, you know, with Ryan Poles, it seems like a lot of people want to be critical because he's a first time general manager. Well, I've got news, man. Over the last five years, there's been five, uh, you know, second time or experienced general managers that have held other general manager jobs before 
Two of those guys are fired. One of those guys is on the verge of being fired, Trent Baalke, and the other two of those guys have just been hired within the last year or two. So this whole thought process of the Bears need experience, the same old Bears, the same this, the same – it's like it's not, though. It's I don't – I just – I don't understand the constant – you know, the, the narratives behind everything. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to work. I, you know, I, I was the first one to say, I didn't love the Eberflus fire hire. I didn't hate it. You know, we just got to see how it all works out so far. I think he's building a pretty good staff. I think he's got a pretty good idea in mind, but at the same time, it's like to make any sweeping judgments from a press conference before we even see what they're going to do. I mean, it's just, it's, to me, it's kind of crazy. It's like, you know, Ryan, like you pointed out, Ryan Poles laid it out. He wants to build the trenches, which is great because the bears have been soft as hell on the offensive line for God knows how long now. Um, you know, and, and it's pretty obvious, man, they lack talent all over the roster. Now that's not to say that this is the same bad roster as it was in 2015 when Ryan Pace took over. But at the same time, I think that there's going to be a lot of room to work over the next few years with with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and kind of shaping this team into what they want it to be. And, you know, it's just one of those things where we're just going to have to see it play out again. We're, we're in the beginning of February. We're recording this on February 1st. The Senior Bowl is happening. The Super Bowl is not even over with. We don't even know. The Bears have 35 total free agents between they have three uh, exclusive rights free agents um, that I'm sure they'll end up basically at this point, you know, they'll end up signing. Them. I think Sam Mustafer is one of them. Uh, Jesper Horstead's another one. I can't remember. the. I think Lachavia Simmons is the third one. They have, uh, I think it's five restricted free agents. I don't think they're going to tender any of those guys. Then they have 27 unrestricted free agents, right? And you've got probably another eight or nine guys on the roster that you can make an argument for right this five seconds that you could either cut or trade depending on how you want to work it to be able to save some money. Again, I don't think all those guys will be cut or traded, but the point being is, is right now, according to over the cap, um, if you roll over the $1.9 million that they have, you know, in, in terms of, you know, using that towards the effective space, the Bears are going to have about $27, $28 dollars million in space, which isn't a whole lot. But I think just based on what they're going to be able to do and how they're going to be able to work things, I do expect them to be, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say well over $40, or $40 million in, in cap space when it's all said and done, but I do expect them to be somewhat over that. And, you know, at the same time, Ryan Poles also mentioned they're not going to use free agency as their primary roster building, which is good. Obviously, they need to be active in free agency this year. They don't need to sign any crazy big contracts. They don't need to sign any crazy long contracts. But there's a lot of guys coming out of contract. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that they're going to need to do. And especially if you look at that offensive line, I, I mean, I mean, who's really who's really safe at this point? You know, Larry Borum, maybe Tevin Jenkins, I would assume so one way or another. But I mean, outside of that, outside of those two guys, I mean, you can make an argument for not re-signing James Daniels. You can absolutely make an argument and it should happen. Sam Mustafer should not start anywhere on the offensive line next year. And the same thing with Cody White here. I mean, obviously his cap hit's going to be a little detrimental depending on what they want to do, unless it's going to be a post June 1st, but there's a lot of room to move on that offensive line. There's a lot of ways that they can maneuver. I think the one thing that I want to see them not do this off season is kick any more money, you know, down the road to keep aging players. I think the big thing right now for the bears is they need to get back in the mode of getting younger. They need to start drafting, you know, they need to start drafting better in terms of they need to have more picks. And obviously that's going to come with time, um, you know, and hopefully they're not trading up a bunch like they did with Ryan Pace, 
But again, even in free agency, sign the 25 and 26 year olds, the 27 year olds, don't sign the guys that are 29, 30, 31 years old. That doesn't help you in the long run. And I think that having a new fresh mind in the building because everybody wants to build through the draft. Like that's not some revelation that, you know, Ryan Poles has said, you know, that he has over a bunch of other people. I'm not saying that by any means, but, but at the same time, I think it's a lot easier to stick to that kind of plan when you have some time to work. Now, I thought the other thing, and I'm kind of curious on your, your perspective on this one is, you know, they were both asked during the press conference, do you think you can com- compete right out of the gate? Now, I don't think that was competing for a Super Bowl, but do you think you can field a competitive team and, you know, push for, let's just say the seventh seed, which was a nine win team this year? And they both said, yeah. And then I, I don't think that they're wrong, depending on what they do this offseason. I mean, Tom Brady just retired. Aaron Rodgers may be gone. There's not a lot of power in the NFC right now. Am I wrong for thinking that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, the NFL is one of those leagues where it's really, it's easier to go worst to first um, and we've seen it multiple times. I mean, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, granted, they have a really good quarterback in Joe Burrow, really good wide receiver in Jamar Chase, other pieces. But it's it's easier to go worst to first in that league if you get the offseason right. And if everything plays out in favor of the Bears, you know, Aaron Rodgers leaving, um, you know, Tom Brady's retired now. The NFC is, is kind of wide open. And I'm not saying the Bears would run away with it and, and be a top seed, but they should be in the mix and at least competitive next year. Plus, they have a third place schedule, um, which is an advantage to them as well. So I don't think it was crazy at all. I was actually kind of not surprised by that answer, but kind of happy that they said that. And overall, you know, for that press conference, I don't think you can say that they won the press conference. I don't think you can say they lost the press conference. I think it was just enough where it should keep every fan level-headed. You shouldn't get way too excited. You shouldn't be down in the dumps. It's a new regime, a new era. Let it play out. I, I don't think there was anything there that, that, Yesterday, they should tell you, oh, yeah, the Bears are going to make a run for the Super Bowl right away. Like, you know, they're, they're, these guys haven't figured out completely or anything there yesterday that was like, oh, my God, we're, we're doomed for another, you know, four and whatever season. We're only going to win five games next year, something like that and struggle. And Justin Fields is not going to be good with the staff and all that. I don't think there was any of that stuff. I don't think anything there should come draw you to that conclusion at all. So, yeah, I get it. I, I, I'm just... 
I don't know why people are so down on the dumps about the presser and why people are so high on it. For me, it was just pretty oh, okay. It was a standard presser. I thought they spoke very well. I thought their demeanor was really good. They didn't look overwhelmed up there. They clearly have a plan and they know what they're going to do to try and turn this roster around. One thing I was a little curious about though, was the offense in Justin Fields and Justin Fields actually spoke yesterday after the press conference, which is the first time that's happened. Uh, you know, since I've been covering the team after a coach's talk, the quarterbacks come out because it, it didn't happen when Cutler was there. It didn't happen with Trubisky and Nagy um, in 2017. And I thought that just kind of sent a, a good message that, that Justin Fields was there. He got to meet the guys um, and now they're ready to get to work. But Eberflus, in terms of offense, you know, he laid it out. They, they trust Luke Getze. They trust what they can do with Justin Fields. He wants a, a fast offense. He wants an offense that, you know, they're going to run the ball, but they're also going to have playmakers and good football players on that team. And, and I'll share this when after the press conference was over, we got a little time with him in pods. So, you know, each uh, website or publication got to talk to him in, you know, three or four people in there. And then they did like the, the, the publications that only had one credential, two credentials. We got to talk to him as well. And one of the things I kind of asked him was about finding that speed in his offense, finding the athlete, the athleticism to, to add to his offense. And I kind of use the example of, you know, someone like Debo Samuel or, or Tyreek Hill. And I'm not saying the Bears are going to find anyone that good, but is that the type of athlete you want? Someone that can play multiple positions if needed. You know, they can line up Tyreek Hill on the outside. They can line up in the slot. They can line him up in the backfield. Same kind of with, with Debo Samuel. And his answer to me was, I want a good football player. And he pointed to Charles Peanut Tillman as a guy who was a good football player. Yeah, he was a good, you know, good defender. But the things he did, the little things he did, the intangibles he did made him a good football player. And that kind of resonated with me because I think we're finally going to see a coach staff and regime play to their quarterback strengths and try their best to surround their quarterback with talent. And again, I'm not saying Ryan Poles is going to go out there and find Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, anything like that, but they're damn well going to be looking for the same mold of players that Kansas City has almost brought in. Maybe that, you know, Indianapolis has brought in defensively or offensively, that type of mold. They want good football players and they want to play to their strengths of their roster. Well, and they should. I mean, really, when you look at around at this roster right now, there, there are a lot of areas where they could just use good football players. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. They've got a lot of decisions to make, too. I mean, that, that's kind of the other thing about this is again, like there's going to be, I wouldn't say a blank slate, obviously, because I feel like a blank state, a blank slate would be kind of like the Detroit lions where, you know, you get Jared Goff and you kind of have a few years to really just rebuild the entire roster. The bears aren't at the point of a rebuild. I mean, the bears really could have easily have won seven or eight games this year. And, you know, I mean, that's just the reality of the matter with bad coaching and really a lack of talent all over the field. So it's like you start, you know, you start attacking some of these spots, you start attacking the offensive line, the defensive line. And then the next thing you're going to look at is, at least in my opinion, you're going to start looking at receivers and tight ends. And that's going to be the big question, because as of right now, they have two receivers and one tight end. Well, I guess maybe technically two, if you count uh, Jesper Horstead that are going to be under contract. I mean, outside of that, I mean, that's about as a blank of a slate as you get because Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are the only ones even worth mentioning in terms of starting. 
Um, you know, so they're going to have, they're going to have some resources to work with and some ways to make that better. And then you look over the same thing with whether it's linebacker or whether it's corner or even safety. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of where you're looking like the, the spots on the roster are obvious to me. Right. And I think they're obvious to everybody. And I think the big thing to kind of keep in mind here, this isn't going to be a one-off season fix, but I think you can kind of circle back and there's two teams this year that really kind of, you know, broke the mold in a sense and also kind of set a, a realistic path, or at least one team did, that kind of set a realistic path where you had the Philadelphia Eagles and the, and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, if the Bears do the right things, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I think the Bears have got a little bit of ways to go in order to get to that, you know, maybe after the, you know, 2023 offseason going into that season, we can have a conversation about that. But the other team that I think surprised a lot of people this year was the Philadelphia Eagles. This was a team that was in transition. This was a team that fired their head coach that, you know, after it's, which is crazy because it's like they fire their head coach, you know, a few years removed after making the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, they go in and they get a guy, Nick Sirianni, who a lot of people, including myself, didn't think very highly of. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you go from a team that a lot of people are expecting to win four or five games. They win nine games and, you know, they get in the playoffs. Granted, yes, they got blown out, but they were nine and seven. They got in the playoffs as a seven seed and that exceeded expectations. And I think that as a, as a best, as a, you know, as a best case scenario, I guess you could say, I think that that is something that you can circle for the bears. You know, and, and I think a lot of it, again, is going to depend on that's kind of the thing where, you know, if they're expecting to compete or they think they can compete, you make some good moves this offseason. Again, it doesn't doesn't mean you go out and you spend $20 million a year on one player. It doesn't mean you sign a bunch of huge free agency, you know, free agent deals and do a bunch of crazy stuff or make a bunch of crazy trades. But what it does mean is you have a quality draft. You find a way to recoup more of those picks. You find a way to make the right decisions of the guys that you have on your roster right now and some of your pending free agents. And you go and attack free agency in a smart manner where you're signing anybody you're signing over two years. Those guys are going to be 26, 27, you know, even 25 years old. Like those are the kind of guys that this team needs right now that are going to be ascending. And I think in that type of situation, the Bears could find themselves in a much different situation moving into 2022 into the season and maybe how people view afterwards. But I think, again, really the big thing is kind of going back to this press conference and just some of the things that were said, there are going to be clear expectations in place. And I think one of the big things that stood out to me, at least um, with Matt Eberflus, was him talking about the fact that they're going to establish an identity. I know some people kind of had some fun with this, but he said, I'm going to show them the why. You know, Matt Nagy was always trying to find the why as well. Apparently, Matt Eberflus knows what the whys are, and he's going to show his team. And But I, I think that the overall point to this is he knows what he wants his identity to be. He knows what he wants his identity as a head coach to be, and that is not a defensive play caller. He said within the press conference, he is not going to call defensive plays. Whoever the defensive coordinator is, which it looks like it's going to be Allen Williams, um, uh, you know, he's going to be the one calling plays for the defense. Luke Getzey is going to be calling plays for the offense. They're still, they've still got a, you know, a pretty good amount of work to do on both sides of the ball with the coaching staff. 
Um, but there's a very clear plan in place. There's also a very clear plan in place in terms of what kind of identity that they want that, you know, that he wants this team to be. They want to be a fast team. They want to be a smart team. They don't want to commit too many penalties. They want to have a good commitment to the run game. Clearly with this Luke Getze hire at offense coordinator, they want to be able to stretch the ball down the field. Um, you know, they want to, you know, be in the top uh, and takeaways in the, in the top of the league and, you know, basically uh, not having penalties per game, stuff like that. Like, that right there alone is already much more of a blueprint, at least for fans to, you know, have expectations of, and obviously this one will happen in year one, but to have expectations of what this team is striving to be, because I think a lot of fans over the last few years after 2018 found themselves wondering like, who the hell is this team? What is their identity? What do they do? Well, what is their head coach talking about? What is their coaching staff talking about? There was just a lot of questions. And I think, again, talk is cheap. It is what it is. It was one press conference, but I think at least moving into this, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles have a very good idea of what they want this team to be. And I think a lot of it starts foundationally. And I think the foundation is the most important part of this. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and you know, you're right. I'm glad he actually came out and said that. He's not going to be calling the plays on defense, which to me, that was a little bit of a surprise. I just assumed he would be calling the plays. Um, he's not going to be calling the plays on offense. He's going to leave that up to his coordinators. He's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a, a, a leader of men, as, as they like to say, and a guy that's going to win that locker room over. I mean, he, you know, he used some silly analogies, whatever, about the aisles and all that stuff. But he's a guy to me that when listening to him and listening to his former players talk about him and guys that are close to him, he connects well with the players. He does the little things to connect well and players respect him. And that's what you want. You want him to be a head coach. The biggest thing with Matt Nagy the past couple of years was the team didn't have an identity. Number one, he was still searching for the wise number two, and he couldn't call plays. He wasn't good at it. He was very stubborn until he finally gave it up. And early on when he gave it up to Bill Lazor, there was a couple times where I noticed, okay, he's kind of able now to be a head coach and look at the overall picture of the game and not just the offense. There was a time, I believe, I forgot which game it was. There was a play, Allen Robinson was down the sideline. I think he caught the ball, they ruled it incomplete. Matt Nagy was down there by that play. He went down there, he looked, he had a first-hand view at what happened right there. He That led him to challenge the call, got overturned, the Bears won the challenge. He wouldn't have been able to do that by calling plays. So that's kind of like the little things that a head coach can do to, you know, even in game to that, that benefits him rather than, you know, having his head 
buried into a play calling sheet, whether it's offense or defense. So I'm on board with that. I think that was actually very bold of him. I like that type of uh, direction and what he wants to do in terms of being a head coach. Now you got to hope that your offensive coordinator is good and you hope your defensive coordinator is good. And that's a good recipe for success. The Bears will be on the right track in my eyes. I agree. I, I think that really, you know, it's just a lot of this is going to come down to staying on track with their plan. And I think that's something that over the last few years, we really saw kind of sync with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, where, you know, it started off. I mean, and again, I've always given Ryan Pace the credit of he took over a terrible, and I mean a flat out terrible team in 2015. He had to rebuild that roster from scratch and was stuck with Jay Cutler for a few years when he clearly didn't want to be. And I mean, he had to build that team from the ground up. Uh, he did a lot of good work in the draft. He did, he did some good work in free agency too. I mean, I think a lot of people forget guys like Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, Danny Trevathan when he was actually playing well. I mean, there were a lot of good pieces to that team that Ryan Pace built up. But I think, and this is something that we talked about a lot when basically weighing whether or not Ryan Pace should be fired, it was maintaining that talent and finding ways to stay at the top or, you know, at the basically, you know, at the peak of that roster. And I think that that's where Ryan Pace failed. And obviously, as we saw over the last few years, they went from never really signing any older free agents to, you know, Jimmy Graham and Robert Quinn and, uh, you know, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and all these different guys that they're bringing in that were either at the age of 30 or over the age of 30. And I think you kind of started to see, you know, just the overall age of that roster get worse. And then you saw the cap situation get worse and worse. I think the big key for somebody like Ryan Poles stepping into this is, he's going to have a little bit of a retooling process. Obviously we know that the bears won six games. They won eight games the year before things could be a hell of a lot worse, but obviously things could also be a hell of a lot better, especially depending on what goes on with Aaron Rodgers And obviously what happens with the Minnesota hire, the bears are in a position where if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I mean, they should be, even if it's, you know, like NFC East competing for the division, they should still be competing for the division this next year. And, you know, things open wide up. So, but with that being said, you know, Ryan Poles is going to have the autonomy and the ability to turn over the majority of this roster pretty quickly. Obviously, you want to keep guys like Justin Fields, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, all the young core pieces that they have, and they do have some of those. But then you're also going to want to start this year that, you know, that over the next few months and building up some more of those key pieces and getting more good football players on the roster. And then once you get to that point where you are a playoff contender or, you know, a labeled Super Bowl contender, then it's going to be about how you continue to, you know, be able to keep that talent, to be able to keep, you know, guys like Adrian Amos that went from, you know, they tried everything that they possibly could to basically, you know, get a starter over him. He comes in and plays really well and then signs a deal. That stuff is going to happen over time. That That's just, it is what it is. You cannot draft everybody. Everybody that you draft isn't going to be good. And everybody that is good that you draft, you're not going to be able to keep. That's just not how things work. But I think, in order for the Bears to be able to maintain success and maintain a good roster over a long period of time, I think that Ryan Poles is going to be able to take a lot of what he learned in Kansas City, a lot of what he learned with the three general managers that he worked with in Kansas City. He's also going to be able to work with assistant general manager Ian Cunningham, who has also had um, you know, experience in two different pretty, you know, pretty successful organizations with the Rams, uh, not with the Rams, sorry, with the Ravens under Ozzie Newsom, and then obviously with the Eagles as well. 
And they're going to be able to take a lot of that and be able to figure out what has gone wrong and, you know, kind of build their own thing. And it was kind of like Ryan Poles had said in a few different interviews, this building a successful NFL team is not a one size fits all approach. It's not, you do this, you do this, you do this. And you have a successful NFL team. Every single team is built differently. Every team has their strengths. Every team has their weaknesses. And I think a lot of that is figuring out how to maintain the overall level of the, you know, level of talent on the team and maintain that through that peak where you can spend more and you have these crazy high draft picks and you have everything else because the reality of it is, is the Bears probably aren't going to have these crazy high draft picks and they already don't this year because they don't have a first round pick. So it's just kind of one of those Ryan Poles is stepping into a little bit different of a situation because this team is already kind of at that middling point where, again, it, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be inconceivable to see them win eight or nine games next year. One, because their schedule is easier and two, because I do expect them to have a better team. And then, you know, obviously from there, you kind of have to figure out how you want to build a team with, you know, mid round or, you know, mid, you know, I guess mid round draft picks and, and the different things like that in terms of being in the middle of each round versus being at the top kind of where Ryan Pace was, where he had multiple top 10 picks. So I think that overall, again, I'm not saying, at least me personally, I'm not sitting here saying that this is going to absolutely work and that everybody should be ecstatic and everybody should just trust it. I'm not saying that at all. But what I do think is I think that they absolutely, like any other regime that has come in here, any other head coach, any other GM, anything, they deserve the benefit of the doubt and they deserve some patience from fans to figure out if they can get this thing right. Usually you got a year or two honeymoon phase for, you know, a general manager or head coach or whatever it may be. And it seems like they haven't even got that benefit of the doubt yet. So I think really just patience is going to be key. We don't even know what they're going to do this offseason yet. You know, let's let's at least wait to see how this offseason plays out, see what kind of shape they're in, see what kind of in-game coach Matt Eberflus is, see what kind of coaching staff he puts together, see what kind of approach Ryan Poles truly has to building a roster. And then we can go from there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, well, yeah, you, you touched on it right there. The, how they build this roster moving forward will be very interesting and intriguing for me to watch. And that starts this off season and the way that Ryan Poles was speaking and the way the things that he said, it tells me they're probably not going to be big players on the first couple of days, the first wave of free agency. They're going to try and kind of find those bargain bins right away to, to kind of build out the roster, maybe try to re-sign a couple of guys and then build through the draft. They want to use the draft capital that they have, acquire more eventually, build through the draft. Hitting on draft picks is the easiest way. It's also the toughest way to build an NFL roster. And once you hit on draft picks, it kind of you know opens things up more in free agency because you're not forced to have to spend all this money on multiple free agents. If you build the draft and hit on draft picks, you can, you know, spend your money on one big free agent a year, one or two, things like that. So I'll be kind of curious to see what approach he takes. Um, you know, I, there's a long way to go there. The practices in Mobile just got started today, but I'll be curious to see what position he attacks in the second round, 
what type of philosophy he has with his draft picks? Will he look to move that second round pick uh, to, to acquire more draft capital, things like that? And, you know, what type of players he's going to be looking at? I, I think personally, my own opinion, I think we're going to be looking at a regime that's going to take some chances on athletic guys, not to the point of where it was Adam Shaheen, where it was a Royal miss, but maybe on more well-known um, athletic players out there, uh, and that might, you know, maybe have a, a day three grade on them, but they pan out to be a, a third round pick. And that's where the bears take them, something like that. But it'll just be very interesting. And I think it's going to be a fun off season. It's refreshing. It's something new here in Chicago. And it, there's just so much more that we have to learn about this regime right now. There is. And that is really what it comes down to is just patience and enjoy the process. So man. Don't panic. Don't panic. Exactly. Enjoy the off. Enjoy it. Listen, yeah. to Aaron. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, with letting things play out, you know? And I think that's really just what we got to do right now. Again, you don't have to go into it pessimistic, optimistic, just go into it with an open mind and see how things go. Because again, none of us know, like I I'm trying to work on a, a mock off season right now and I can't even get through who they might cut and or trade to be able to clear cap space. I mean, that's not even counting the guys that they're going to try to keep that they have on the roster right now. And that's not even counting what they're going to do in free agency of the draft. Like, the options are unlimited. And I think, again, we also have to see how things are going to play out in the rest of the division. Because right now, the, the NFC does not look good, man. I, I You know, it's like Tom Brady's retired. Aaron Rodgers may be leaving. I would assume that if he gets traded, he's getting traded to the AFC. So then what? It's like you don't really have that blue chip quarterback in the NFC. I think Matt Stafford may be the closest thing you have to that right now, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, I, 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 I will say that I'm not super high on Dak Prescott. I think he'd be the next closest, but I, but I think that gap is pretty, is pretty significant. It is. is. And that's kind of the thing. Like all of a sudden the NFC gets that much more attainable. And again, I'm not talking about 2022, but I'm just talking about in general, it's like things could change in a hurry. We see that every year. Nobody had the, uh, dude, I don't even know if anybody had the Bengals in the playoffs, but I can tell you right now, nobody outside of maybe a few Homer bears or uh, 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 sorry, Bengals fans had the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. It's like, Things can change on a dime in, in, in the NFL, and we've seen it more often than not this year where teams surprise. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that the Bears will be one of those teams, but I do think that the Bears are at that point where a good offseason can put them at least into that building back up to playoff and Super Bowl contention. And I think that's really what the goal needs to be this next year. And I don't know. I Again, I'm excited. I wouldn't even say optimistic. Uh, but I would say I'm excited to see what they're going to do because this is going to be a really busy offseason. This, I mean, we talked about it right before the season ended, man. A lot of these guys that you saw on the field are not going to be the, be with the team, and you know, at this in week one of 2022, it's just not going to happen. Like this is going to be a very new looking team in a lot of different ways, and I think in, in a lot of ways that should be exciting to fans because we've seen such a stale product over the last three years where it's time to see something new. It's time to see them start rebuilding themselves towards getting back to that 12 and four season that they had where things were so exciting and where we you know, a lot of fans felt like the bears were, you know, a missed kick away from having the opportunity to, you know, win in the playoff game or two and get in the super bowl. Like those are the feelings where I think a lot of fans are wanting to get back to. And as we've seen this year in the playoffs so far, a lot of things can change in a year. A lot of things can change over a year or two period. The Bengals won six games combined over the last two years going into this year. Again, I don't think the Bears are going to be that team in 2022, but there is hope if things are built right. Now we just have to kind of see how things play out and and go from there. 
Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a fun off season. We're going to be, you know, a lot of coverage of the draft, a lot of coverage um, of free agency. And it'll be a fun one this year because, like I said, we don't really know their style just yet. We're going to get a glimpse of it this year and then it'll kind of continue on into the next year and future years. But it's it's going to be very, very exciting. Aaron, uh, that kind of wraps things up for me on my end, unless you had anything else you wanted to state about the press conference. But I, I think we're pretty much in agreement that, you know, don't get super excited, you know, but don't also get down in the dumps. Just just have fun with it. Enjoy it. Don't panic. And don't think the Bears are going to go to the Super Bowl next year, but don't think that they're going to be a terrible, terrible team. It's just a new regime. Let it play out. I agree. I agree. I think it's I think it's going to be a fun offseason, not just for the Bears, but I think for NFL-wide. And I think there's going to be a lot of stuff to keep an eye on over the next few months. And there's a lot of new tendencies that we get to learn with this new regime. And I think that's also an exciting part if you're a big fan of the offseason. Free agency tendencies – uh, draft tendencies, undrafted free agent tendencies, how they run training camp, how they run preseason. There's a lot of new things that Bears fans are going to get to learn over the next, you know, six, seven, eight months. And I mean, that's not even counting the season. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. I am too. Um, and make sure to follow all of us on the Bear Report for up-to-date coverage and the website. Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep. You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. Um, you can read my work on the bearreport.com. You can follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. I'll help out this podcast, our draft podcast, Picks for Polls, which will be gearing up for more episodes here as draft time gets near. And until uh, next week, everyone, please stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.